0: Amen. Yeah, you can go ahead and give it up for the Lord one more time. I love, I love Miracle Offering Sunday. I just, uh, the atmosphere feels, feels charged. It? it just feels, feels charged with faith. It feels charged with, with hope and with expectation. And, and just as I watch person after person, I just thought, you know, who's, who's, who, whose story's next, right? Who's the next Andrea? Some, some of you um, I'm very aware. Gave out of abundance. Some people had the best sales here you've ever had, um, but some people gave out of lack, and some people gave out of need. And I believe that God is going to answer all of those prayers. Um, I want to. I want to preach a message out of Hebrews chapter 11 called "Making the Invisible Visible," and I kind of want to describe um, what I believe took place as we gave this offering today and what happens when we add our faith to to god 's promises let me let me mention um... So, starting to look a little bit like Christmas, just a little bit like Christmas. You see, now they're not lit up, right? But but we got some trees up here. Y'all, it's coming. Nobody's gonna cancel Christmas, all right? And Multiplied Malt- Church, we are all in on Christmas. We're gonna, so Christmas, I don't know if you heard this, Christmas uh, can't officially start until we have Wonderland. And so, we heard that. We're gonna have Wonderland. This is our, our outdoor Christmas festival that we started at last year over across the street at the parking lot. At the village, will be socially distanced, we'll, we'll take COVID precautions, but we are going full on three amazing Sunday services. Pastor Jerry has... Uh, He just decided that he didn't have anything else to do. So he rewrote Christmas Carol into a socially distanced, uh, uh, something called the Christmas Carol Experience. We're going to be doing that for three nights on this platform. And then on Christmas Eve, we are going to have an outdoor Christmas Eve candlelight, communion service. I mean, just opportunity after opportunity, don't come alone. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't come alone. Bring somebody, just so many opportunities. So we're going to, you got invitations to Wonderland, start handing those out. Uh, in the mail this week, you're going to receive one of the best promotional Christmas packages ever. Not just for you, but cards for you to pass on to friends and family and coworkers. And I, I, I can't wait for Christmas. I just, I can't wait. But he, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, as we continue to say yes to generosity and as we believe and as we declare today that in part through this miracle offering that we are going to make the invisible visible verse 1 now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see do you see with your physical eyes all that you hope to see in this world. Shake your head no. Do you see with your physical eyes all of the promises of God that you would like to see being made manifest in your life? Shake your head no. So so how do we, how do we do that? This is what the Bible's addressing here. And it talks about this idea of, of faith, right? That faith is how we access the promises of God that we do not yet see being made manifest in the physical. Verse 2, as we continue reading, this is why the ancients were commended. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. I ministered on this this passage of scripture a little bit earlier in the year, it ties in with our word of the year, yes, which is, which is Hebrews 10.39, but we are not of those who shrink back, but we are those of faith, this, this year of yes, this year of a declaration of faith, but as I started to lean into this passage, I felt like God began to reveal some more things about this passage, and so uh, again, I want to remind you what we talked about before, but the idea of what is seen was not made out of what is visible. So that word seen in the Greek is blepo, and and it means to be seen in the physical, but it carries with it the idea that everything in the physical realm also has a spiritual reality that's really important. Everything that you see with your eyes isn't just what you see. There's more to it than meets the eye. There is a spiritual reality behind each and every physical object. But also what is visible, so what is seen, what God gave us that is seen was not made out of what is visible. That word visible is phaino. It means to bring to light, to cause to appear, to become manifest. So let me preach this to you today. That means that not only are there tangible physical realities that access a greater spiritual reality, but that also means that there are spiritual realities that have not yet been made manifest in this current physical world. And so one of the things that we do is we, by our faith, say faith, by our faith, we reach into that understanding unseen world, and we pull those intangible spiritual realities, those promises of God, so that we can see them manifest in this world. It's kind of like a spiritual, this is the best, I, 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 feel, like, I feel like some weeks I can't quite wrap my head around the expanse of all that God is trying to say, and so this is, this is my best attempt. It's like a spiritual blueprint. In the, in the heavenlies right now, in the heavenlies right now, all around you right now, God is drawing blueprints of what can be in your life. He's drawing blueprints in this city of what can be in this city. He's drawing blueprints across our nation of what can be in our nation, but not all of the blueprints of heaven become manifest because it requires us by our faith to engage in these heavenly blueprints and begin to put brick and mortar and begin to build what God wants to build. Does that make a little bit of sense? Say yes, even if you're lying, God will forgive you because <laughs> it'll make the preacher feel, feel better. I, I, I always felt like I love to hear sermons on faith, but I'm like, I want faith. I want more faith. What is it? I'm not entirely sure. Like, is is faith a feeling that I get when when I watch a video testimony? Like Andrea's, is, is faith a, a feeling that I get when, when I sing a worship song? Is is that what, what what is faith? What is what are the components of faith that allow us to pull a healing into the physical? Does that make sense? what what are the components of faith like joy's out there what are the components of faith that will allow me to grab that heavenly blueprint of joy and begin to pull joy back into my family again what what are the what are the elements of faith that will allow me to reach into an intangible world and begin to pull these promises of God. God is building a city. God is building our church. God is still building things. God has not given up on this world. No matter what the news says, God has not given up on your situation. And so by faith, we're going to access these heavenly blueprints. Let me give you some components of faith. I believe that there's three in, in the scripture today out of Hebrews chapter 11 how do we do this how do we make the invisible visible the first is to is to speak say speak i begin to speak in alignment with god's promises your words matter your words matter the bible says by faith we understand that the universe was formed how at god's Command. It begins with our words. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words form our worlds. And so if you don't like the world that you're living in today... Part of your world was formed by the words that you spoke yesterday. Your words yesterday form your today. If you want to change your tomorrow, change your words today. They matter. There's power in words. When David was facing impossible circumstances, impossible circumstances, can I preach this to somebody Can I preach this to somebody in a day when it seems like not a lot of people are serving God? God. Can I preach to somebody today that it always has only taken one? It's always only, it's taken one person to, to, to lead the people of God. It's taken one person to pray. It's taken one person to press in. It's taken one person to believe. It's taken one person to stand up to a giant. It's taken one, I see more than one. I see more than one. But when David was standing up against the giant, and when the giant began to taunt the people of God, began to taunt the people of God, this is what the the giant was saying to Israel, your best days are behind you. You don't have the power to defeat me. It's the age of the giant. You had your time, but it's the age of the giant. I'm gonna rule this land. I'm in charge now. You can't take me down. And David stepped into that moment and he began to declare the promises of God. Listen to what David said This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This day I will strike you down cut off your head and give you the carcass and give the carcasses of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the creatures of the earth. Then the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I want you to watch and notice what David did. David did not begin to describe his giant. He didn't walk up to the giant and say, oh, did you see that giant? He's got a huge bronze helmet and he's got a chain of mail. I don't know how a spear could pierce them. He's not Feet tall, and this is what I felt so strongly from the Lord this week. The Lord would say to us today: stop describing and start declaring. Stop describing and start declaring. Stop describing your lack and begin to declare your abundance. Stop describing the state of this nation and declare that people are going to find God. Stop describing the lack of faith. Stop describing your ailments. Stop describing your circumstances. And begin to declare by the power of God, God's here and he's beginning to move. I need right now, this is what I need you to do. I need somebody to begin to step into alignment with this word. Because I'm going to tell you it convicted me. I, I had a little conversation with God. And I said, God, but I was just describing what I see. And he said, that was the exact problem. You were describing what you saw. I said, but God, I was telling the truth. He said, you were telling the truth, but you weren't telling the whole truth. I've got a higher truth. And we we begin to describe, but when we begin to describe, we get locked into our description. And God has a higher plane for you to live in. I feel, I feel things shifting right now. I feel somebody shifting. This is what I would ask you to do. Can I give an altar call in the middle of the message? Sis, okay, this is all I want you to do. If you say, Pastor, I want to begin to move out of description and into declaration, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to just stand to your feet, and I want you to take about 30 seconds, and under your breath, I want you to begin to declare some things right now. I'm done describing. I'm done describing what I see. I'm done describing what I feel. I'm done describing. When you describe, when you describe, you're describing the work of the enemy, and we're done with that. In the name of Jesus, we move into declaration by faith. The faith of God's people is arising. The faith of your healing is arising. The faith of your Miracle is arising in the name of jesus come on take 15 seconds and i need you to declare i need you to sense the shift in your spirit i need you to sense faith arising i need you to sense the faith in the atmosphere and the circumstances around you changing in the name of jesus we are not going to describe goliath we are going to declare victory over goliath in the name of jesus this is about what's gonna this is what's gonna happen devil What's going to happen, what's going to happen is we're going to step into our place as believers. What's going to happen is this miracle offering just unleash things in the heavenlies and in the supernatural. What's happening, devil, right now is that people are coming to faith. What's happening is that people are going to walk into wonderland and feel the presence of God. That's what we declare in the name of Jesus. And if you believe that, give them a shout of praise in this place. You can be seated. That was just the first point. <laughs> here's, what, here's what the Lord showed me. We, st- we start with our words, but, but that's just the first step. We start with our words, but then we don't stop with our words. You say, you say yeah, but God declared and it happened. Yeah, but you're not God. Turn turn to your neighbor and say, "That's you, that's you." Like just remember, remind somebody, just remind somebody, you ain't him, you ain't him. There's a God, you ain't him. Come on, in your living room, just not, just at somebody. Say, say you're not God. Watch this. I think this is this is a, a powerful truth from God's word. God alone can create out of nothing. God alone. And so our first step is we join in with the declarations of heaven and the promises of God. But because we are flesh and blood, we are created beings, we need other tangible steps to join in with the promises of God, to pull those blueprints of heaven, those spiritual realities into the physical realm. Does that make sense? And so I think I think perhaps that's why Uh, we are not seeing all of the promises of God being made manifest is because speaking is the first step, but it's not the only step. The second step is sacrifice. Say sacrifice. See, speaking, that speaking was a lot easier to say. (laughs) I like the speaking part, Pastor. Now, what's the sacrifice part? It's sacrifice, and I believe that this is an important word, risk. Risk. There is no, say say risk. Say risk. Risk. There is no such thing as a safe faith. Doesn't exist. I was trying to communicate this to a group of people um, this week and, and tell them that God's ultimate purpose for them was not to keep them safe. You would have thought I was beating their puppy in front of them. Like, what are you? Like, because, because that's the world we've created. Hear my heart. Hear my heart. Okay. We take our babies home. I did it too. We take our babies home, and I couldn't just put them in a in any old car seat. I couldn't just stick my baby on the on a bench seat and put a lap belt over them. Come on, like you grew up. Um, I had to I had to get a car seat, and I had to go to the fire station and have them check and approve. You know what I'm talking, because safety, safety, and then they started to walk, and I had to take, we had to take all the sharp edges away, so, so because safety, and then when they started to ride their bikes, training wheels, and so much padding and helmets on them that I could have picked them up and thrown them down the hill, and they wouldn't have gotten hurt, Sa- safety, safety, your mama, your mama preached this to you, right, mine, mine did too, she didn't say, hey, sweetheart, only look one way before you cross the street. Mama didn't say that. She didn't say drive fast, take chances. She said things like, 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 sa- right, safety, safety. And now, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. What's the new goodbye? What's the new goodbye? How do we say goodbye in 2020? How do we say it? Stay. You hear that? I I get it. By saying that, I mean, I don't want you to get sick, and I don't want you to get sick. But if we're not careful, we'll misconstrue that the reason that Jesus died and bled on the cross was to keep me safe. Noah risked being ridiculed. Abraham risked the comforts of leaving all that was familiar and laying his son on the altar. Moses' parents risked never seeing their son again. Moses risked the status of all the pleasures in Egypt. Joshua risked walking in circles and and walls still standing. Rahab risked execution. Daniel risked being eaten by lions. Gideon risked being crushed by an army. David risked being flattened by a giant. Playing it safe is risky. Every church, every believer... I believe it's in one of three stages. We're either risk-taking, care-taking, or we're undertaking. A life of faith requires risk. It requires risk. There was, in uh, 1744, the College of of William and Mary, so this is when our our nation was just beginning to form and be established and all of these things, and, and there were pockets where the settlers and the Native Americans uh, were getting along well together, and this was one, one of those pockets. And so you had the College of William and Mary that was formed, and they sent a letter to six Native American chiefs. And they were offering a free education, free education to 12 of the young braves. So the, the chiefs politely declined this request, and this is what they wrote. Several of our young people were formerly brought up at the colleges of the northern provinces. They were instructed in all of your sciences, but when they came back to us, they were bad runners, ignorant of every means of living in the woods, unable to bear cold or hunger, knew neither how to build a cabin, take a deer, or kill an enemy, spoke our language imperfectly, and were neither fit for hunters, warriors, or counselors. They were totally good for nothing. I love this now. This is what the the chief said to the to the high executives at the College of William and Mary. They said, if the gentlemen of Virginia will send us a dozen of their sons, we will take care of their education, instruct them in all we know, and make men out of them. I love that. I love that. And I just wonder, I just wonder if our American version of safe Christianity has done to the church what William and Mary was going to do to these braves. I wonder if for too long our message has been follow Jesus, he'll keep you safe. Follow Jesus, he'll keep you comfortable. I don't know what Bible you're reading, but but I don't find that in the word of God. I go on to read Hebrews 11, 32 through 38. And what more shall I say for time would fail to tell about Gideon Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. I banish safety from you. And that sounds weird. I don't want to pray. I love this prayer. I love this prayer. Erwin McManus, a pastor in California, said this. Every night he used to pray the same prayer over his boys that we all pray. God, keep them safe. God, keep them safe. And God convicted him, and he stopped praying that prayer, and he started praying this prayer. God, don't keep them safe. God, make them dangerous. And that's what I pray over you. God, make you dangerous. God, make you dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. that you will give so much you'll be dangerous you'll have so much faith you'll be dangerous you'll take risk you'll be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness God for multiply church don't make us safe make us dangerous and when you're dangerous when you're dangerous you walk around and the enemy's like don't mess with that one he's dangerous she's dangerous. She's dangerous. See, when you begin stepping out in that kind of faith, God's protection surrounds you because while the goal is not safety, I serve the one that will keep me safe. I'm covered by his blood. My kids, your kids, your grandchildren are covered by the blood of Jesus. We are protected by the armor of God. The Bible says that he is able to extinguish every single flame of the enemy. God, God, make us Dangerous, And here's the final thing, that our faith, that our faith, we reach into the spiritual and we pull out intangible spiritual realities and we make them manifest in the heavens when we sow seeds of generosity, when we sow these seeds of generosity. Abel gave an acceptable offering. Noah, Noah, the financial cost of the ark. If somebody finds this research, I couldn't find it. I looked for it. I don't know what it cost in that day. The one, where is it? Is it in, in uh, Kentucky? That one, it cost $92 million. So it's something, like it's, it's some, some amount of, of money. Um, Abraham, with, with his son, was willing to sacrifice his son. Moses, Moses gave up all of the riches of Egypt. We speak, we sacrifice, we sow. We speak, we sacrifice, we sow. We speak, we sacrifice, and we sow. And I believe that it is that Hebrews 11 combination, these elements of faith that allow us to pull blueprints and make them them reality. As the band comes and joins me, um, let me just give a real practical illustration of this. So I've told part of this story. You remember how uh, I told you that that we've been looking in land in in Lake Norman. We outgrew our our facility and. Uh, uh, just some some multiple challenges there, and we were looking for land in Lake Norman. We found two point three acres, and they wanted three million dollars for that, and and so we, we politely smiled and nodded and said no thank you. And then we went to the we went to the town council twice with with what we thought was a really good plan to rent the the uh, shopping center this uh, this abandoned grocery store just right down from where we were meeting, and and we walked in there and and we gave our plan, and it was a good proposal, and 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 Zach was up there, and Zach, Zach crushed it, Pastor Zach crushed it in front of the, the town council and all of these things, and, and they looked at us, and they smiled, and they said, no chance, and, and, and I walked out of there, and I remember texting Steve on the, on the, ride, the ride home. I walked out of that building, and I, was, I felt discouraged for a moment. I felt defeated for a moment, and then I thought this. I was like, ah, what's the story in that? What's the, what's the God story in that? Hey, pastor, how how did God build this amazing, amazing church in Lake Norman? Now hundreds and and thousands of people come into this church in Lake Norman. Uh, Pastor, how did he do that? Well, we walked in front of the town council and we asked them and they said, yes, that's boring. That's boring. You don't want that story. Nobody makes a movie about that story. Like, I wonder who will play me if they do make a movie. But that's another Of that? I don't know who that's for. Sometimes sometimes your story's in the battle. Because when you tell that story, then faith begins to rise in people around you. So in the middle of a pandemic, when we shouldn't be out trying to find property, when sources of income should be drying up, not, not appearing. In the middle of a pandemic, we found the eight acres 1.9 miles from city center eight acres not for not for three million dollars but for six hundred thousand dollars and god then provided the, the money to, to purchase that land and, and just in these past several weeks pastor zach's been working with, with the team of, of builders and the, the architects and, and I want you to just see 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 how the blue see how the blueprint now is beginning to be fleshed out a little bit Beginning to be fleshed out, but but now Pastor Zach's out in Lake Norman, and and he's believing for his his miracle offering. They're doing their, theirs on December sixth, so uh, would, would you circle that date and highlight that date and and pray for that. But but see what the, see what they're doing. See what they're doing because for for a couple years now. We've been we've been marking around. I remember going out there with Pastor Phil and we were taking prayer walks around Davidson and we would walk those blocks and we'd begin to pray. We began to we began to speak. We began to speak, and they 've been out there they 've been sacrificing you know when we get to walk into a nice uh, uh, building at nine o 'clock in the morning. Pastor Zach and his team are there at five o 'clock in the morning switching over a, switching over a movie theater and they 're setting up chairs and they 've been doing this for about three years and they 've added their their sacrifice and, and, and their risk and now and now to begin to even more reach into that intangible and plant a spirit filled Pentecostal full expression of the gifts of the Holy Spirit it's going to take them being able to sow. they have to sew because each one of those beautiful white bricks doesn't come for free, It doesn't come for free but you don't want it to come for free you don't want it to come for free. Why? Because you want to be like David. I will not offer to the Lord a sacrifice that costs me nothing. God, I want my life to be a sacrifice. I want my offering. I want my miracle offering to be a sacrifice. I want everything in this blue envelope to, rep- to represent how I'm reaching in, how I'm reaching in, and I'm pulling out. As you go ahead and stand all across the locations, a- as you stand at your home, I know you put your envelope here, but I want you to just maybe maybe put your hand uh in, 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 a, in a fist like you're holding that envelope. And I just want to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that over those envelopes, I want to begin to declare over you that are at your homes, who gave uh, oh, over the app, who gave over, oh, oh, over the website, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that something would be going on in the heavenlies right now. I sense it, oh God. I sense that faith is rising. I sense that you're building your kingdom. I sense, oh God, that things that were once just spiritual realities are being made manifest in the physical realm in the name of Jesus because we have stepped out in faith through faith by faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm believing for miracles, God. God, I pray that some of those miracles would happen by Thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. I pray that other miracles, that family miracles, would happen at Christmas in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would use our Christmas series and all of the Wonderland and and the the Christmas Carol experience. I pray, Father, that you would use, they're just tools, they're just tools, but by faith, by faith in the name of Jesus, that we will see lost friends and family members and loved ones and co-workers coming to Jesus. Jesus, by faith, by faith, by faith. Now, maybe you're here today with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, and you would say, Pastor, I don't yet have a relationship with this one that you're talking about, this Jesus. Can I tell you that it's Jesus that spoke life over you, that gave the ultimate sacrifice? He went to the cross for you, and now he is wanting to sow a better life and a better future into your life. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, we're all gonna pray this prayer for the, but some of you are gonna pray it for the first time and you're gonna go from death to life as you just say something like this in your heart. Come on, let's just pray this out loud. Everybody together say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I come to the cross and I repent of my sins and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and come into my life and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus name. Now I cover all of you. You're, you're dangerous, you're dangerous, but God keep you safe by his blood and his protection. I declare that over you, your children, and your children's children. I declare that you fly under the enemy's radar. I declare that you are in stealth mode. And so you are undercover for the kingdom of God as you go out and wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness. This week, in Jesus' name, on all God's people said, amen.